Well, happy Thanksgiving, man. You know, that's the thing you have to say starting this day, the Monday before Thanksgiving. Now every greeting with someone is, hey, hey, have a great Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've already run into a few people this morning. Whether you want and, to or uh, not. Boy, yeah, just just a lot of a lot of demanding, a lot of telling people <laughs> what to do. A lot of, you know, have a good this, have a good that, have a great day. What if I don't want to? Yeah. I have a friend that used to say at grocery stores, someone would say, well, well, have a great day. And he's like, great, now I need to add that to my list. <laughs> Too much pressure, you know? It's only November 21st, but that means uh, on this calendar date of 2022 that we're uh, three days before Thanksgiving. And uh, that, for a lot of people, is the greatest day of the year. My uh, my dad, Thanksgiving was his favorite favorite holiday. Really? He wasn't a religious man. Yeah, he wasn't a religious man. And uh, I think didn't think a lot of the government or war. So there weren't a lot of other, you know, holidays you could really be excited about. But Thanksgiving, boy, that was a doozy. That one was just, you know, religion free. You don't have to be singing war narratives or anything like you do on the Fourth of July or, you know, Memorial Day or any of those other ones. And uh, so Thanksgiving was a big deal. How about you? Do you are you a big Thanksgiving family? Yeah, yeah, we really, uh, really love it. Uh, for a while now, we do Christmas up in Michigan and we do Thanksgiving mm-hmm. down in Kentucky. That's where my wife's family is from. And so we do that kind of trading off of holidays. What do they eat uh, in Kentucky for Thanksgiving? Is it traditional turkey kind the of thing? The most it- delicious food. Yeah, I just oh. gorge myself on that southern cooking. Wow. Like chitlins and uh, and, and things like that? Well, you got yeah. your dressing, which is different than stuffing. And what, uh, what, Wait, wait, wait a second. What do you mean dressing is different than stuffing? Uh, there's magic in it, uh, southern magic. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, for starters, you don't stuff it in the bird. You cook it separately. Oh. uh, I think it's slightly different ingredients, but vastly superior, yeah. Really? Dressing is different? I just thought those were... uh, You thought they were interchangeable, yeah. I I thought it was just extra stuffing that couldn't go inside the bird. (laughs) Giblets, Ray says, giblets. Yeah, if you want to chime in in the comments uh, with your favorite Thanksgiving side dish or main dish... I'm yeah. not hu- a huge turkey guy. I, yeah, it's like kind of an overrated meat in general, but it is. It's it's the meat that I have at Subway. I think this is the problem. Like everybody has their sub sandwiches, <laughs> as you know, we found on the on the tour because we had a lot of Subway sandwiches at truck stops. Yeah. And because I get turkey there, the whole turkey experience to me feels like a you know uh, fast food sandwich meat. Yeah, like this um, is a shelf stable. Uh, truck stop food. <laughs> like, <laughs> I saw one thing. It was like uh, turkeys taste like they never drank water once in their life before <laughs> they turned it into meat. <laughs> now, I will say, I lived in Texas uh, for a few years outside of Dallas as an as an adult, and there the custom was, at least in our little neighborhood, was to deep fry a turkey. So people had deep fryers out in their driveway, mm-hmm. and then they would put this turkey into a giant deep fryer and that stayed awfully moist. Yeah, I've heard the outside really got real crunchy and man, that that felt like a whole other kind of a because it wasn't like a, you know, like fried chicken where you take the pieces apart and roll it in bread and then deep fry it. Right. I don't know, like the whole part the whole bird I think goes in there. Yeah. I think that's what they And half they the did. time it overflows and lights everything on fire and you see the videos. Oh. Have you not seen these videos? Like people no. try to 
deep fry a turkey. Really? And obviously, it displaces a lot of the oil. They miscalculate, okay. and so you drop it in, hot oil all over the flames, and it just is like a fireball. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't see that. Uh, okay. Well, now on I've, Friday you'll you'll afternoon. see a new batch. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we're going to talk today about a little holiday advice, not so much the food and dressings and and alternative meats, but. How do you interact with your family members and loved ones and and friends? You know, chosen or uh, obligatory obligatory families. Um, and how how do you how do you engage with with people around the holiday times? Uh, Dan, I thought you had a nice little anecdote when we were uh, talking about this that your your wife had said to you, "You do know that your family members can read your Facebook posts or listen <laughs> yeah. to your." Probably not listening to the podcast. They're, That's they're a lot probably of, not a deep lot into the podcast, but so so you know it, it comes up right. And for a lot of people, Thanksgiving time, especially even compared to the other holidays, for whatever reason, maybe it's the proximity to elections, or maybe it's just the nature of what else is there to do at Thanksgiving than maybe watch people play sports games or talk about stuff like, hey, how's it going? And the last six, seven years, a lot of people have said like, man, I don't even know how to engage with my family members mm -hmm. or um, uh, answer the question, how's it going? Because it has felt like civic life and civil society and politics have just become something totally different. And so people haven't known how, how to deal with it. And a couple of years ago, we put together a little advice that we're going to revisit today because as it turns out, this, this was actually pretty good advice for, for all this. So back in 2019, we wrote an article, put it out. I can't remember where it got on some media broadcast things. Um, a little uh, family holiday advice. And so we're gonna we're gonna chat about chat about that today, just sort of get people in the mental space. Actually, looking at it again, I thought this is this is pretty good pretty good advice. Uh, I started resharing uh, pieces of it because I think it might might actually be be quite helpful. So in the comments, if you're uh, into something, thinking about this with your own family, we'd love to hear about it. And of course, if you have any comments or questions of your own uh, about how you think or wonder how it could go for uh, for holiday time, uh, you know. Let us know. Yeah. And uh, Ray says, remember for many families that may be getting together, they may be getting together again for the first time since COVID. It's a oh good point. The last gosh. couple of years have been great real weird, point. you know? That is a great point. Yeah. The, I hadn't thought about this, Ray. Good point. We wrote this in 2019, going into the 2019 holiday season. And then, you know, there wasn't one the next yeah, year. Four for a lot months of later. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, we tended to still do, I don't know how. Well, I don't know. We just did holiday things. The last five years, w my wife and I have not been around our normal uh, family life at Thanksgiving. We've been um, vacationing in Mexico. And uh, this year we're doing that again, but we're going to go days after Thanksgiving instead of over Thanksgiving. So we've been able to skip Thanksgiving. So a good reminder, Ray. Of people they haven't been, uh, maybe <laughs> it may have been, <laughs> may have been a while. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, Here's the frame for this advice. Um, well, let me start with the final paragraph of this of this piece of advice that we have. Now, we have this on the Vote Common Good website. You can go into our blog over there. You can see it on our social media. You'll probably find it in the links to this 
uh, wherever you're listening to this, whether it's on video or if you're just listening to the podcast version in the show notes. The, the, the concluding paragraph of this, I think, was um, maybe two paragraphs. I think is really the frame for all of this. So, so let's, let's start there. I'll just, I'll just read this to you. Um, whether you choose the eggshells or bombshells approach, we'll get to this in a minute, that there's kind of two approaches you can take, walking carefully on eggshells or getting into it, which, we, which I refer to as bombshells. Remember that, quote, it's not all about the turkey, in this case, it's Thanksgiving, so be thankful. As hard as it might be to see another person's ideas as a gift for you, know that it is a gift for you. This is your chance to gain a firsthand knowledge and experience with ideas that are different from your own. So be generous when you're hearing other people's ideas. Remember that for most of us, we're not policy experts, and many of us know what we believe, but not always the reasons for those beliefs. Use each moment as a gift. Today is not a day only for arguments. Today is Thanksgiving, a day that we can understand each other more. And remember, we wrote this back in 2019, that November 3rd, 2020 is the day you can actually do something about it. You're not going to do something about <laughs> it you know, at, at Thanksgiving time. So I, I feel like that's, that's, some, that's some pretty good uh, general advice, right? Is that, that look, be, be generous um, and realize that we all hold beliefs that we don't really know why we believe them. And you can get into an awful lot of conversations with people where you pressure them into justifying why they hold the belief that they hold. And a lot of us can't go very, very much further than, you know, a few sentences to describe our belief without just repeating ourselves and and not feeling like we you know we have to explain ourselves to somebody else. So mm -hmm. so just know that that's just the reality for most people is that um, when someone is grilling you hard on well what about this and what about that and how can you think this that's uh, that's those are quite difficult questions for someone to uh, to engage with and for someone to answer. Yeah. All right. So, so here's here's the frame. Uh, first off, decide for this holiday season. Hey, are you going to go with the walk on eggshells approach? Being careful, not talking about civic issues, social issues, political issues, or are you going to be willing to drop a few bombshells and say, let's let's get into it. Let's let's uh, let's have at it. And we make a, a couple of suggestions here, all using the kind of fun of <laughs> you know Thanksgiving food metaphors. Uh, right. So, um, one is to know your food, uh, sensitivities and allergies. Um, look, it's totally appropriate. If you're like, look, I don't want to get into this at Christmas. I'm going to do the walking on eggshells approach and I, or Thanksgiving. I don't want to talk about all this. I don't want to talk about these issues with you people. Um, this is just <laughs> not something I want to engage in. If that's your approach and you're like, look, I have a particular food allergy, you know, like for the people that choose not to eat meat and then when the turkey comes by, they just say, no, thank you. Or the person who's gluten intolerant and when the dressing comes by, they say, uh, how was that made? And uh, no, thank you. You just sometimes just have to let it pass, right? And mm -hmm. if you have a food sensitivity, food allergy or a chosen preference of what you will and won't eat, 
you know you've you come up with ways to talk about that, right? You come up with ways to say, no thanks, uh, you, you know, I just I choose not to enjoy cranberries. So the cranberry sauce, you can just let that slide by. Um, you know, the amount of uh, water that it takes to grow cranberries, I just in good conscience can't eat them. <laughs> it's a moral stand. <laughs> it's a moral stand, like <laughs> tomatoes and avocados. I don't even I, I don't know if anybody can't eat cranberries. So that feels like a safe a safe one. But yeah, I think it's important to say like you can set boundaries for yourself at family totally. gatherings and say, no, nah, I'm not going to engage in these conversations because you know, maybe you know from experience where it leads to. It's not going to lead to anybody changing their mind. It's not going to lead to mutual understanding. And so, yeah, say you're not not going to do it. That's okay. Yeah, yeah and, and, and have a have a, uh, a a practiced phrase can go mm -hmm. a long way. So you kind of build your confidence and just know what you're going to say so that you're not feeling an emotion, emotional response and then having to craft a well-worded re, uh, reply. Yeah. Right? That's what gets difficult for some people. They hear a family member or someone say something and it just starts an emotional uh, movement. And next thing they know, they're wanting to talk and they, they don't know what to say. So we make a suggestion in this article and, and uh, I think I borrowed this from, from a friend who we were, we're taking up some advice a few years ago and we put this piece together, asking people what they how they respond. And I think this is a great phrase to say something like, hey, what you just said right there, that, that's really hard for me to hear and I don't agree with it. And while I don't want to use up our family time to talk about this issue right now, I do want you to know that I don't share your same thoughts on this but we can talk about it later, or I don't want to talk about it. Because for some people, what they feel is that they have a, a, an, a moral or a, a ethical response, responsibility to reply to something that they hear. If it's especially mm -hmm. to them, if it feels misogynistic or hateful or is harmful to some people or is the kind of thing that really bothered them when they were younger and they just they, they don't want to just let it lie, but they also don't want to get into it. Right, so having something like, "Hey, this is hard for me to hear. I don't want to talk about it. But I just want you to know, like, I, I, that's not how I think about it. And my silence right now is not being complicit with your, with your statement. Mm -hmm. Something like that that kind of gives you some sense of boundaries, but also stating your stating your claim, yeah, and uh, and knowing where you are. And look, another little piece of advice: just know if you're talking with a family member who just likes to razz people and rile people up. <laughs> right. right? That, that person, they're in most families have somebody like that. And so if someone's just working this thing, then you come up with another version of that. Like, look, hey, I get it. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I think the important thing is just don't take the bait in those scenarios. Like, They're not reaching out in good faith to have a fun discussion. They're trying to get you mad. Yes, and that's so right. Just don't take the bait. Just yeah, that's uh, that's not what I think. But let's talk about that some other time. That's not Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And uh, okay, so our next little piece of advice there, right, is like check your food allergies and sensitivities, uh, or your your thought allergies and sensitivities. Are there some things you don't want to talk about? This next little piece is expect some lumps in the gravy. Right? <laughs> not not everything's going to go perfect. It's not all going to turn out just right. There's going to be statements and comments that are made that make people feel uncomfortable. And that uh, someone didn't even intend to mean in a particular way, but it's easy for you to understand 
that in a way that seemed harmful to you. And if you can find a way to respond with some kindness and grace, that can go a long way. So one of the ways to do that is to say something like, hey, look, uh, you know, um, on, on Helen, uh, thanks for having the courage to say what you think about that. But, uh, you know, I, I don't agree with you, but I know that it means a lot to you. And I appreciate knowing that it means a lot to you, right? That's a, that's a little bit more graceful version than, hey, I'm stopping this right now, right? <laughs> Is to just say, hey, I, I, I don't agree. But I, I realize that seems like something really, really meaningful to you. So mm -hmm. thanks for sharing it. But that's it. That, that, puts a, that puts a stop to it. That's another version of just how to respond to something so you don't feel like you're just sitting there seething. And look, I know there's some people who just family dynamics overall, they're like somehow they get back in with their extended family or something and all these old patterns from childhood or you know adolescence start kicking back in and everyone slides into their old roles and their old, old mm. ways of acting and behaving. Well, having some prepared statements that can be really generous and, and knowing that things, that things really matter to someone. Now, this is all under the category of walking on eggshells, right? Like you don't want to talk about it. So you're, you're intentionally trying to create a safe context where you feel like you're empowered and don't have to be like, oh my gosh, I just don't want to sit next to them. Or if they start talking, I'm just going to walk out of the room. You know, something that's, that helps you feel a little more secure, um, but also not feeling like it's just, it's just running roughshod over the top of, uh, you know, your, your own convictions and 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 morals or or as ray says um you know try to prevent the eye rolling and all that <laughs> all right the third piece of advice here in the if you want to if you want to walk on eggshells for this and just be careful is to don't talk with your mouth full um and and what what we're getting at at here is um if you have a whole lot to say about this person's view don't say it all while your mouth is just ready to go right like give yourself uh, give yourself a little minute and I'm going to give a little piece of what might seem like counterintuitive advice. It's a great way for things to come to an end. If someone wants to start talking about something, say they want to talk about Hunter Biden or they want to talk about border wall or they want to talk about Ron DeSantis or they want to talk about the 2020 election being unfair to the, the failed, uh, Twice soon, soon to be third in third three <laughs> want want to be third three and three time in peace <laughs> yeah three time in peace yeah he's just trying to be all Michael Jordan about this <laughs> so if there's someone wants to bring that up this this can sound a little counterintuitive but it works pretty well and that's to use the say more about that approach right so the first approach was hey I don't want to talk about this and I don't agree with you and I'm going to leave it right there. The other is, thanks Thanks for sharing. That seemed really important to you. I'm not interested in hearing anymore, but I want to value that this was important to you. The third is, say more about that. Because what you will find for most people, a genuine invitation to say more doesn't last very long. Hmm. Most of us, the things that we believe, we've got a couple of sentences around those. 
So someone says, oh, I just really think, you know, there's just hordes of people coming over the border and we really have to secure the border. And you're like, hey, I actually know because I paid attention to some things. There's not hordes of people coming over the border and we really need to change our government policies to allow a more efficient and law-abiding way for people to enter the country. Just like we could all do if our family decided to go to Mexico. We could all just go because there's a process for us to get in and mm -hmm. it's quite straightforward. But people coming the other way, it's not made that way. So that's where the problem. So instead of that argument, just to say to someone, oh yeah, say say more about this. Well, I just I think you know these there's there's just millions of people coming over the border. Oh, say say more about that. Well, I saw it on. Uh, it kind of brings an end to it, right? The person has said their thing. That's it. You've invited them to say more. And shockingly, most people are like, that's that's it. That's what they got, right? <laughs> if they have more to say about it, it might actually be interesting. But very often, the kind of one-off statements, you know, or like we talked about last week, well, I heard these kids are, you know, using litter boxes in school because they don't even have human gender as uh, one of the things anymore. And you're like, oh, yeah, say, say more about that. Like, what schools do you think that was in? Yeah. <laughs> well, there aren't any, right? Right. right. So, so all of this is sort of the, how do you walk on eggshells, kind of get out of there without a whole lot of conflict? But it allows you to say something. Clear boundary. I don't agree with what you just said. Am I interested in hearing more? Thank you, Uncle Bill. Hey, Aunt Helen, I know this means a lot to you. And I appreciate the fact that you shared that. Or, hey, Kevin, say a little more about that. And anything you didn't hear from Joe Rogan, you got anything else? Or is this just all Joe Rogan? You know, where where did you, you know, just just a little bit of, of uh, inquiry about, about where it came from. Mm -hmm. Right, so, so I think that those are are the better approaches than plotting out where you're going to sit, deciding how you're going to walk out of the room, trying to manage your, simply your breathing and eye rolling in a way that, um, that, uh, you know, is sending uh, nonverbal communication, sometimes having a, having a really strong verbal piece. But I'm also just always ready to get more pie is my uh, answer to it. You know what? I'm going to get more pie. <laughs> You know, that's a great follow-up to all of these. You know, on Helen, I really don't, that's not how I see it at all, but it really seems like it matters to you. And like, th thanks for that. And by the way, would you like some more pie? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you can end with, I'm going to get more, or would you no care for some pie? No one could be mad or, if you offer to bring them pie, so. Would you like some ice cream? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, would be, that would be the good thing. So I think those are, and just frankly, just general experiences of hearing people say things that you don't agree with and you don't want to engage, you don't want to get into it with them, you don't want that to be your thing. Um, and the, the other piece of advice we probably should have said first was, like, check in with the host or with the family and say, like, hey, what are we doing? Are we talking about this stuff or are we not talking about this stuff, right? Like, mm -hmm. just kind of know where you're at here. Um, and some play, some families won't even go that far, right? They'll just want it to be non-engagement, <laughs> you know, right. uh, and, and, and hope no one brings it up. So sometimes it's not a, not a bad idea. And that will give a couple pieces of advice here in the, in the second bit. Okay, so the dropping bombshells. So rather than walking on eggshells, yeah, what, what if, if you, you want to drop, drop some bombs? What, what if you really do want to talk about it? What if you're like, oh, no, no, no. I'm not walking into Thanksgiving dinner as if someone else has got something to say. I got something to say. Because, you know, Jane over there, she doesn't, doesn't listen to anybody else. And this is my one shot. Because I saw what she wrote on Instagram. And I, I, got, I got a little message. I got a little message for her. 
Again, nothing wrong with that. If you're in the kind of family that wants to share things uh, and you feel like, hey, this is the, this is the one time that, that we have together. Um, where we can say we, we can say these kinds of things, um, so it can be a great gift to share what matters to you and and why. Um, so I've got a couple of uh, pieces of advice. One of those is last and first. Um, you could say something like, "Hey, here, here's why I want to bring this up." If you're somebody who wants to bring it up, this is our last uh, Thanksgiving before such and such. Like this really matters. Like, hey, we got this thing going on. I really want to talk about Herschel Walker, why I think he's not a competent to be a senator in the United States of America. And this is our last chance to talk about it before that election or whatever. If, if there's some timing reason where you can give some rationale for why you're bringing it up, or this is the first time we've had a chance to talk about this since COVID and, and we haven't really been together since then. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of things and I've changed a lot about in the way I think about some of these issues. And I'd like to share some of those with you. Um, maybe you've been newly awakened to some ideas and you're like, hey, I, I saw this documentary and it really helped me think differently about some of these ideas. And I'd like to share those. I'd like to share a few, few of those with you. Like come up with some rationale that tr- is honest about why you're bringing this up right now, right? As opposed to why do you always want to ruin Thanksgiving with all your <laughs> with with all your stuff, right? What? Why do you want to uh, just come in here and try to stir up your your grandma? You you know this is hard for her, mm-hmm. right? So having some reasons based around timing for Thanksgiving can be helpful. First or last, I think, can be really. Um, important for you and for them to sort of give a little bit of context for us. All right. And then uh, and then this one, mind your P's or Q's, or better put, mind your APPs. And APP stands for Ask, Pick, and Plan. So this little app, this, this is a great, there's an app for this. So in other <laughs> words, there's an app for how to talk about things. First is to ask. This is, if you want to be the one who's going to bring up issues, Ask permission of the people you're going to be in conversation with to do so. It goes a long way. Maybe it's the person hosting, if they're okay with this, or checking in with the other guests that are there too, checking with them and saying, hey, there's some things I might want to talk about as we get together. You might want to tell people ahead of time, send it in a group text or send it in an email or make a Facebook post about it if you want to be more subtle and say, um, uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna talk about this, and and to to put a plan together. And if you're in one of those families that's comfortable with that, then say, hey, I, there's a couple of things I'd like to talk about, and here's what they are. And I'd love to get your input on them. So feel free to prepare ahead of time if you'd like to. That can just go an awfully long way to the conversation not turning into. Why are you sabotaging this? Why do you want to bring this up? You've been saying this kind of stuff for years. You know that. It, it, it keeps you more on track of the things that you want to talk about. The second and the P, the first P of the APP of this little app is to pick a time. Like maybe while you're eating and the kids are around and people are in the dining room or people are spread out, maybe that's not the time you want to talk. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not the time. Maybe it's when we're doing the dishes. Maybe it's we're going to go off to this other room while people are talking about football and you say to people, hey, um, if you want to talk about these kinds of issues while people are out there doing that, we can go over here and we can talk about this. If you want to talk about that, um, if anybody wants to engage in this more, I'd be glad to. I'd be glad to share with you what I know and what I've learned about this. Right. So you're you're picking a specific uh, time to do this, and then you plan a place 
where are you going to talk about it? That, all of this, just the, the thing it does, when you, when you ask permission, when you pick a time, when you plan a place, what it's doing is increasing your intention, right? It makes, you, it makes this much more intentional for the work that you want to do and the thing you want to accomplish. Not only does it communicate something to the other people that this isn't just sort of, you know, haphazard and, and sort of frustration-filled, but it actually causes you to think a whole lot more about it, right? Mm. What do you want to say? How much more do you want to talk about? Um, wh- who are the people you'd like to have in the room? So maybe you ask somebody instead of just bringing it up openly on the table, because if it's your, you know, if it's your brother-in-law Kevin, and you're like, you know, Kevin, I, I really, do, you're the one I want to talk to about this. <laughs> maybe you just say, hey, Kevin, can we go over here and talk about this? Or you think there'd be a time tonight or this afternoon when we could when we could talk about it? All of this is just increasing your intentionality. If anxiety is the thing that's got you worked up, all of this advice so far helps to replace anxiety by having a plan. Because for a lot of people, anxiety builds when there's a lack of certainty of what's going to happen. Yeah. And if you can just have your own plan, it may or may not go the way you wanted it to. Then you'll just live with frustration because frustration is the difference between expectation and reality. But at least it will eliminate Anxiety, because anxiety is the place between reality and possibility, right? So if you can live in this place that's not frustrated between desire and reality, but rather between what actually happened and what you hoped would happen, sometimes frustration is just a little better than anxiety. It goes away faster. Yeah. Uh, you know, Anxiety can linger for an awfully long time. So all of this advice of both walking on eggshells and dropping bombshells is designed for... Uh, for relieving that anxiety and getting that off the table, metaphorically, <laughs> so that you you know uh, so you don't have to deal with it. Right, reminds me a little bit of uh, Seinfeld when they have Festivus and the airing of grievances. <laughs> it's actually not a bad idea to just set aside a time and a place, and that's where you're gonna get into it. After yeah. after dinner at six o'clock in the living room, if you want to talk politics, we're gonna do that. If you don't, yep. you can go watch football in the other room or whatever, yep. and grab a glass of wine or a bourbon or a seltzer or whatever it is that you uh, that you want to have in your hand. If that helps you, and let's let's get into it. Right after the feats of strength, we're gonna have the airing of political differences. <laughs> <laughs> I did hear about that that episode. The guy who wrote that, one of the writers, this was, I mean, a extended parody of a thing that his family really did. <laughs> That's awesome. They really did have the airing of the grievances. Uh, all right. Uh, so the last piece of advice here, uh, is this the last piece of advice? I think no, we got, second to last yeah. piece of advice, uh, is stick to the recipe. Uh, so here's the thing. When, when you dig in on an issue, try to avoid fact-checking others and repeating all the typical kinds of points. Talk about why this matters to you. And if you're engaging with someone else, ask them why it matters to them. One of the pieces of advice that we gave in our Confronting Christian Nationalism training about all of these kinds of issues when you're talking to someone who differs from you is that there's three really great questions of inquiry of a person who differs from you on a topic that matters to you. One is asking them, what do they believe? So you really hear from them what it is that they're holding to. And not assuming that you know where someone is on a topic 
because of the ways you've heard other people describe that topic, right? So it's very easy for you to think, hey, if you support these political candidates, Republicans or Democrats or Green Party, then it's easy for you to assume that you know why someone supports them. And you are assuming upon that belief what it is that they hold to. It's good to check that because a lot of people hold a belief that doesn't look identical to other people who hold a very similar belief. So the first thing you want to do is check what is it that you actually think? Mm -hmm. And and for yourself as well, like to be very clear, here is what I think about this, about this issue. Really, really important. And the second question of inquiry is the why question. Why do you believe that? Where did this come from? What informed that? What's the data? Now, those are really important. Most people can kind of answer those. Again, if you ask someone to go on a little bit longer, like if you do the therapist approach where you sort of lean back and say, hmm, say more about that. At some point, they're out of stuff to say about it, right? <laughs> why do you believe this about regulations? Or why do you believe this about, you know, fracking? And they'll say, well, you know, you know I, uh, and then you, you say, oh, yes, say, say more. Well, no, no, that's it. That's like, all that's, I got. Yeah. That, that's what I, so, so right, that's, that's sufficient. People run out of that at some point. But it's good to listen to it and to make sure you know the reasons why people believe that and where their information is coming from can all be super helpful. Mm -hmm. But the third question, this is the real big one. This is the real empathy-based one. It is, what does that belief do for you? How does that belief function in your life? Like what, what does it give you? By holding that belief, what exists in your sense of yourself or your understanding of the world? What you'll find for most people is that their beliefs help them understand themselves as the hero. Maybe the victim, because we have this, this framework in the United States and around the world actually, but it's played out particularly in the United States, that people are in one of three categories, a hero, a villain, or a victim. And rarely do we put ourselves in the role of the villain. So most people's belief system is designed to help them explain why they're a victim or why they're the hero. And once you understand how a belief makes a person feel like they're a good person who's done the right thing and is, is either acknowledged for that heroically or is not acknowledged for that and has been taken advantage of, that's the key to it all. Recognizing this is just true for people. We all tend to do it. We'll find ourselves a hero victim narrative. So once you're talking to somebody about, hey, what is it that you think? What is it you believe? How is it that you function in the world? And then you say, what does that do for you? And listen carefully as to how it is that that helps the person see themselves as a good person doing the right thing and accomplishing a lot in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's really super key. So when you get into talking with someone about the, and, and first of all, check that with yourself too, right? Like, like not with others, because chances are when you start talking about the things you believe, it also reflects on how you see yourself as a good person, right? 
that you've taken on an important cause, that you've stood up for someone who needs to be uh, protected, that you've um, uh, learned about an issue that other people don't know, or that you've talked about your own vulnerability. So if you're talking about, you know, healthcare and why Republicans want to get rid of subsidized support of the ACA, and you're like, well, let me tell you about why this matters, because there's no way we could have had this baby, or there's no way that I could have had this operation, or this person would have gone bankrupt. All of that really starts to frame up into how it keeps people from being hurt or harmed or how it makes somebody a hero. What you want to be careful of is not to communicate your ideas that just points out that somebody else is the villain. Because when you attribute to someone else a role, hero, villain, or victim that they don't see themselves as, then you're like the director of the play arguing with the actors about what your role is here. And you're never the director in somebody else's life. You're only a character. <laughs> yeah. They're the director that decides what their character's role is in this play of life. So, so you always have to think about how does their position make it possible for them to see themselves as the hero and how does mine make me see myself as the hero or as the yeah. victim? Um, yeah, Oliver has a great point. It's important. Don't demean the other side with labels. Resist calling them racist, socialist, whatever. Making them the villain. Um, it's a great point. Great thing to remember. I mean, you can come just flat out and say, like, "Hey, I know you know that that it's you hear a lot of people saying that you're a okay." Then fill in the blank. So if if you happen to be somebody that's that's conservative and a Republican, and you're gonna you're trying to figure out how you're gonna go talk to you know a bunch of liberals, instead of saying to them. Well, how is it this makes you some sort of an anti-American, godless, socialist commie, right? These titles that someone doesn't want. <laughs> and say, how is it that, that that helps you feel like, like you're really fulfilling what it means to be an American? Because they will tell you. They have worked out how it is that this really taps mm -hmm. into what it means to be an American or what it means to be a Christian or what it means to be an honorable person or a full humanist or whatever their orientation is they will answer the question in a way that puts them in the hero slot. For you to know that and understand that for yourself and for someone else. And so when you're having a debate with someone about you know a chosen debate where they're willing to exchange ideas with you, instead of you thinking, I'm going to share my position and that's going to show how I'm the hero and how you're the villain, rather is to say, you're going to show how you're the hero knowing that they're also going to see themselves as the hero. Because what we ultimately need to do is to get rid of the hero, villain, victim archetype altogether. And there's a third, there's a second archetype, which doesn't have those three in it, hero, villain, victim. And it's the common sojourner, the people that are moving through life together, that we're all trying to figure this out. And we all do things that seem really great. We all do things that harm each other. We all have positions and ideas that take from some and give to others. And we're trying to figure this out collectively together. Instead of, I'm a hero, you're a villain, and you're going to make a victim out of people if I don't stop you. That story, that's going to get us nowhere. It's not even accurate. It's, it's certainly not reflective of what's really going on and it just doesn't get you anywhere yeah i think that oh. sojourner narrative is so helpful and uh we we use this bit from jonathan wilson hartgrove in our training sessions over the tour the last few months where he talks about people in their own ecosystem they're doing what makes sense to them given the information yeah. that they've been given and a lot of people um you know right and left live in an ecosystem where it's closed off from 
a lot of different ideas, and they're doing the best they can with the information in front of them. And so we have to think and hold some grace for, for people like that. And also, you know, kindly pop those bubbles if we can. So Yeah. And, and look, and to, and to say to people, from my vantage point, this doesn't seem like you're fulfilling that thing you want to that you right. want to fulfill. There's a whole lot of other stuff we do in this training about different view uh, orientations that people have about where authority comes from, different parent figures about how they view the government and society. Some view the government as a nurturing parent. Some view the government as a strict father. These kinds of deep-rooted narratives about how people view the world. There's a lot of ways to deepen your own understanding of what could be going on in the background of someone's own thinking about how the world is structured. But mm-hmm. however it goes, they see themselves as doing the right thing. Like I watch a lot of politics on television and podcasts and, and internet and stuff. So I hear from many sides and many perspectives on this. It's shocking how many sides want to describe of someone that they hate America. I mean, I hear yeah. it all the time from people who tell me, oh, because you're a Democrat, you hate America. And I watch a lot of people who believe the way I do say to Republicans and conservatives and MAGA people, you hate America, you hate women. Now, most of these people would not agree with that assertion. I, I don't hate America, <laughs> right? I, my my wanting to rein in unbridled capitalism is not because I hate America. My wanting to bring up the fact that the United States of America has participated in all sorts of destructive activities is not because I hate America. It's because I love America. Mm-hmm. That's how I view it. But other people see me as hating it and likewise on the other side. Yeah, this kind of gets at Ray's question of how do you deal with family that sees you, a Democrat, as evil. Like, how do you, they've brought some assumptions to the table and then lumped you into totally their, uh, their villain narrative. One of the ways to, to do that is to say, hey, I was listening to this podcast or read this thing and they talked about heroes, villains, and victims. And it's really easy for us to all see ourselves as the hero and those we disagree with as the villain, right? Once you name that and now you're telling me that I'm the villain, right? And then to say, we're going to try not, I'm going to try not to do that. And I think it would be great if you didn't do that to me either, right? I love America, or I want the best for this world, or I I want the planet to thrive, right? Whatever it is that is the thing that motivates you around the topic that you're talking about. Like, you might actually think, look, I think certain industries are really harmful and they should be shut down. Right? You might think petroleum industries, you might think the pharmaceutical industry, you might think global warming-based um, industries, you might think the tobacco industries should all be like done away with. Well, it's possible to say that view and not say, and anyone who disagrees with me is a villain that needs to be vanquished, mm-hmm. right? right? Rather is to say, but I know other people see themselves see those industries as really heroic because of the jobs that they provide or because of the history that they've had or because of the product that people, uh, that they produce that people benefit from. So I can see how you see yourself as a hero, but let me share with you this, right? That's the kind of engagement that you can really uh, find some accomplishment in. Yeah. And the third piece of advice to, to play off this cooking theme is to set your oven timer, right? <laughs> you don't want to overcook the dressing uh, or the turkey or the or the sweet potatoes. What you want to do is have the right amount of heat for the right amount of time. So figure out in your conversation, what do you want? 
out of this. Because at some point, it's just gone on long enough, right? It's been in the mm -hmm. heat too long. Either the heat was too high and you need to turn the heat down a little, or it's just <laughs> been in there too long. And you might not be using a sous vide uh, where you can leave the, the meat cooking in the bag inside the water, you know, at 142 degrees to get that perfect piece of meat. By the way, Dan, have you ever used a sous vide? You know what I'm talking no, about? No, but I love, love the idea and the things that other people have made for me with it. <laughs> Boy, they're just, I mean, it's just confusing as all get out. You use this baggie, like a Ziploc, and you put your meat or fish or potatoes or whatever in there, and then you have a wand that goes inside of a pot, yeah. and the wand heats the water to exactly the right temperature so that inside that baggie, it's not boiling, it's coming to you know 126 degrees, which would give you medium rare, or 138 degrees, 141 mm -hmm. degrees. You can set it to exact. So the thing can just sit there at that temperature for hours and never gets any more cooked. Yeah, it's unbelievable. This is how a lot of restaurants, and then they see, and then you can just you sear, sear it, it. with yeah. a piece of meat. Oh, unbelievable. Mm. Um, so you want the right amount of heat for the right amount of time. If you can find that right heat, you can keep the conversation going. But at some point, you have to decide what do you want from this. Let me give you one more metaphor to, to mix another metaphor here. Decide if you want someone to take an off-ramp or an on-ramp. If you're going to be in a discussion with someone and you're going to provide a contrary idea to the idea that they hold, because you decided you want to get into this, decide what you're, what you're looking for. Do you want them to leave an idea or do you want them to take on a new idea? Off ramps or on ramps. Think about, you know, as you drive, as you're driving over there and you're like, oh, we're now going to go from the side road and we're going to now get onto the, the freeway. It's an on ramp. Is your idea something you want to bring someone to a new concept or do you want to help someone take exit 22B to get off of the road that they're on? If you don't know what you want or if your idea really is what you really want to do is just express your opinion, you don't actually care what happens to the, hearer to the recipient of your ideas, that's a different project. If, if it's just, hey, I'm going to say my truth. I don't give a rat's ass what any of the rest of you think about all this <laughs> stuff. I'm just going to say it. Or if you're saying, hey, I've just got something to say and I'm not particularly concerned. I'm not attached to you believing it or thinking about it or anything. Like, So either because you're angry about it, you're just going to say it or because you're like, look, I'm totally non-detached. I just want you to know what I think and leave it at that. Then there's that's an option. But most of us are communicating an idea because we want that idea to impact the other person. So do you want them to take it on, an on-ramp? Do you want them to let go of something as an off-ramp? And only when you know that will you feel full enough from the meal, like checking your stomach as you eat, to know, okay, we've been at this long enough. Right. They're not taking the off-ramp. Nothing I say is going to get them to, let's call it a day. <laughs> yep. And then you can always leave it with, can I send you an article about this? Can I, can I send you a podcast about this? Can I, can I share with you something l later? Thanks, mm -hmm. thanks for talking about this. Can we, can, can, can we pick it up? Can we pick it up down the road? Yeah. And then always end with this. This is a great reporter uh, phrase that uh, I hear from almost all reporters now. It must be a new journalism school. Is there anything else that I should know that we haven't talked about? That's a killer question for people, especially in a disagreement, debate, kind of, you know, I view it this way, you view it that way. Once you're done, you've done your thing, you've said your stuff, then you say to them, is there anything else I should know from your perspective? 
<laughs> oh man, that's first of all, it's really helpful because it leaves that gap where people can fill it in. Um, but also, it just communicates to the person that you were open to hearing what they had to say. Mm-hmm. It really does go a long way. And sometimes that little gem right there, it's going to tell you as much about the person and why this matters to them mm. as any other question that you'll ask. Is there anything else that I should know? Do you want to take some leftovers home? In other words, we should add that to this article. <laughs> you want a little baggie to take you home want- with you? Who's, who's going to take the, the pink stuff home with them? Yeah, that's good. So anyway, those are my pieces of advice on this. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. I think it's good to... Uh, all of this is kind of rehearsing ahead of time what you might say when contentious things come up. And I think that's mm-hmm. really helpful rather than shooting from the hip when someone's got you riled up and mad and then you say something that maybe isn't helpful and then it escalates. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 also, look, making a passing comment, not the greatest communication tool. <laughs> yeah. It's one of my favorites. I've tried to curate it over time. Uh, a quick, sassy little... Yeah, snark you know. and sarcasm might not be the best. It might feel good when you're yeah. you're saying that zinger. It's might. pumpkin pie, though. It's the little, <laughs> little bit at the end. That's the thing. It's not that you can't, you know, just don't, 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 don't fill the plate with that stuff because right. that is... You know, um, you know, if you follow up with, hey, I'd be glad to talk with you about that a little bit more if if you want to. Uh, but it, it often doesn't. It often doesn't go well. Yeah, um, and I think too, uh, it's important. You might not convince the person that you're debating with uh, to take the on ramp or the off ramp. But a lot yeah. of times, there's people in the room listening to your conversation that are on the fence and that maybe have been looking for an off ramp for a long time and just to hear someone on the other side of the political spectrum articulating yep. a different point of view can be really helpful for the innocent bystanders as well. Yeah, that is great advice. Absolutely. For uh, a lot of people benefit from watching other conversations happen. That's why people listen to podcasts and all the right they're not in a one-on-one conversation. They're observing something and we we learn an awful lot and open ourselves to an awful lot by observing the happenings between mm-hmm. between others. It's so important. Hey, and, and also, if you take this, this on-ramp, off-ramp thing, uh, when you're driving, it's really a good idea to not wait until you're within 300 feet of an exit to say to somebody, turn here. <laughs> right? You might want to yep. say, hey, in three miles... You, you know you're going to take this you're going to you're going to take this this ramp and then you remind somebody in another mile kind of like the way your mm-hmm. you know your map does it where it says you know st- stay on this for 98 miles and then you know and then in 2 miles and then in a mile and then in a few hundred feet in other words this conversation you're having with somebody this might be the first time they've heard there's an off ramp coming at 22B yeah so giving them a little bit of time to get there you don't want to be in any conversation where someone just goes, "Oh my gosh, you, yeah, we should probably stop fracking," or, <laughs> "Yeah, I, I guess we probably should reconsider how we're going to help, uh, you know, former coal miners uh, find find jobs, and maybe we should put them on the gov- on government pay if they're in. Maybe we pick certain industries that people don't just get a, a livable wage, but they get government uh, funded." Uh, uh, 
pay for two years to help them transition to something else, uh, an extended version of unemployment for certain industries that we know are going to, like, if you want to bring that, and for someone to just be like, wow, hey, could I have another piece of pie? And that's, a, yeah, I hadn't <laughs> thought about that ever. I think I'm a, no right. one does that, right? I mean, you didn't come to any conclusion you hold in a, because someone said a sentence, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? If you did, it's probably not going to last, you know. Yeah, that wasn't a, a deeply held belief to begin. Counter, <laughs> yeah. Someone else is going to have a sentence for you, right. and, they're, and they're, they're, that's going to go. We talk a lot in our work about uh, when people are leaving a harmful idea, is there a community or people yeah. willing to receive them? And I, I hear this a lot from Republican friends. Is like, I don't think these Democrats even like me. Like, they don't. And so... How do we change that narrative of being, if you're on the Democrat side, leaning left, whatever, how do yep. you offer a welcoming on-ramp to new ideas rather than just, you're wrong, you're horrible, stop being that way? <laughs> yes. And look, check yourself. If you're exchanging an idea with someone that you really don't like, that's pretty apparent to them, yeah. right? And, which is different than sharing an idea with someone you really do like mm -hmm. because you really want the best for them and you're not just frustrated by their existence yeah. and by the fact that they you know, live in your world with you and you kind of wish that they didn't and what they're saying bothers you. So, so that commitment to do you like me or not goes a really long way. And if it is, you're talking with someone you don't like, I have to do that quite often. You know, I don't, I don't want enemies, but I just don't prefer everybody. And <laughs> sometimes when you're talking to people, you don't really have an affinity to, or don't feel real great about, or you just don't, kind of don't care, whatever, you know, like you can't control how much you care. Like you care about, it's that old, that, that line from Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm, where the person around him said, you, you're winning some award for for you know humanitarian work. You don't even like people. And he goes, "Well, I like humans. I just don't really like any individual people, you know. <laughs> but I like humanity. Right. I like the idea of people. Yeah. Like the collective. I mean, I want to help humans, but yeah, any person yeah. just kind of yeah, really bugs me. It can be easy to feel like hey, uh, I'm now going to use this other idea, this thing uh, because I just want to win over the person that I don't like. Um, mm -hmm. That's really important. Like you're better off just not having right. any conversation about things meaningful. That's why there's football is for yeah. those relationships, <laughs> right? That's that. Yeah, Ray says, is, find something in common. Like the Cowboys suck, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This is this is why we have you know in mimetic theory. This is why we have alternatives to. You know, to organize uh, some sort of organized violence and war. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's because it's way better to just argue about the football team. Yep. Um, and and by the way, this Thanksgiving, if you're into this, uh, the the team that's um, owned by people not living in Minneapolis or Minnesota, but are the Minnesota Vikings, uh, are playing. Yeah. So, so the Vikings are playing. I don't know what makes a team owned by a state. I guess it's the name and the location where they play half their games. I guess I guess that's it because it's not owned by people here. The people on the team don't live here. I mean, they're just they're just a bunch of out of towners that come in. It's like Jerry Seinfeld. You know. We're cheering for laundry. <laughs> is that a, is that a line? He's got a bit, yeah, about oh, we're just cheering for laundry. Oh, 
<laughs> I love that. It's the right color. So anyway, the Minnesota Vikings are playing on Thursday. Uh, and I only found that out because I was getting my hair cut and having to have that awkward conversation with the nice person at Great Clips. And, uh, you know, in the six minutes it takes to get my hair cut, <laughs> it's not going to be silent. I promise you that. The, we're going to talk about something. And so, of course, this was, hey, Thursday's Thanksgiving. Uh, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Yep. I said, well, arguing with my family. And then they said, uh, <laughs> she said, uh, oh, we just got a 75-inch television. And uh, we're having people over to watch the game. And the Vikings. And so I heard all about the Vikings playing. So. Nice. What I like to do, because I, I like football, I don't follow it very closely. Mm-hmm. But I like to learn like one obscure fact about a player that I know will be playing. <sighs> and then just drop that casually while everybody's you know hanging out watching the game. And people are like, "Oh yeah, he is having a good season." He's, and oh, then you just genius. disappear into the background. Yeah, yeah, your little <laughs> contribution, and then you yep. just pull right back up. Hey, that should have been another one of our tips. Hey, the other thing you want to do, friends, you want to pull up a fancy graph of an idea that you have, you want to argue <laughs> about, and show people on your phone, like, "Look, look, it's right there." Look, on the, it's, do you know it's how to read a graph? graph. Yeah. Can, can you, <laughs> I mean, you're in the middle of an argument, and you pull it out and just like show a graph. Like no, this is you've this is won. Yeah, that, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> just walk off. Can I get you some pie? Because I just showed you a pie chart. See that pie chart? Made me hungry. All right. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, I don't think we're doing another one of these. Yeah, you know we we have some we have some podcasts that were done on uh, while we were on the road uh, that might show up in the podcast feed. So if you're in the in the podcast feed only, or if you've never checked the podcast feed because you only watch this on YouTube and Facebook and Twitch. And um, is Twitter still around? Did Elon Musk shut that down yet? It's been gone, I think, as far as. No. Uh, but we didn't even get to the fact that Donald Trump's been invited back onto Twitter. Uh, we didn't get Twitter. to a lot, yeah. Good <laughs> Lord. Uh, are we doing politics we- tomorrow or are we not? Oh yeah, we probably are. Yeah. Okay. So maybe we're back tomorrow, and then uh, and then may- maybe over the weekend uh, we'll th- we'll throw up some other interviews that went on from some other podcasts. Our vote common good people were on other podcasts, so we might just pull those and put those in our feed. Yeah. You can do that, right? Is that a rule? Does anybody know what the rule is on that? Can you take another podcast and just say feels wrong, but we'll we'll Does find it? out. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't feel wrong to me. Get permission. Nothing feels wrong. Nothing feels wrong to me anymore. You know, <laughs> I'm just look. If you can just take the documents, if you can just overrun the Capitol, and there's not really a problem there. Let's Apparently, just, there's no let's just reshare yeah. a podcast inside of our own stream. <laughs> That'd be great if we got a copyright violation from from a podcast that I was on. <laughs> what? <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, Somebody that invites me on a podcast, I'm like, we replayed it on ours, and they're like, shut it down. Shut Take it down. Take that thing off there. Look, it's not like these were nuclear secrets that I took to my personal residence. <laughs> I don't know anything about the love life of the French president. <laughs> Nothing. How can that be a problem? All right, is that good for today? Well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and uh, you know, give the bird a chance this weekend. All right, bye, everybody. Bye.